A reading from Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please read Psalm 86 with me, responsively by half verse. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord. All the nations you have made shall come. For you are great and do wondrous things. Teach me your way, O Lord. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart. And I forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from death to Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be, world without end. New Testament reading is from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, beginning in the ninth verse. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you stand if you are able, as we prepare our hearts for the hearing of the gospel. 
Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Would you join me in prayer? O merciful, good God, good shepherd of all lost sheep, you have opened the way of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, to every race and nation, every tribe and people, and you have included us in that work. So now convict us by your Holy Spirit, that we may be your hands and feet, bringing the good news of God in Christ. In his name we pray. Please be seated. Now the wind's a little too strong for us to put the sides down. Uh, it's making me wonder if we should think about building a building. Uh, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. Uh, I'm going to ask for a little bit of crowd participation, uh, but I'm going to put some boundaries around it, if you will. Otherwise, you'd be doing the sermon instead of me. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, if I call your name, to tell me what city or town you were born in, and just say the one word, the name of the town. That's all I'm looking for. So ready? Julie. Los Angeles. Stephanie. Detroit. All right. Frank. David. Patrick. Joe. Fort Dix. Yeah, and I'm from Wagamaw. Uh No one said Habersham, did they? No one said Braze, did they? In fact, uh, from what I've learned, uh, Lug, Lug uh, who runs the grounds crew here, uh, he, he might be from this area for a long, long time. Roy, who's just outside our gate, he grew up here back when it was a pecan orchard, and he was uh, picking pecans uh, for, for his wage. So there are a few people around that did have always been right here, but it ain't none of us. And I think there's something important about that. Uh, especially when we look at the readings that we've got today. This is sometimes called World Mission Sunday, just because the readings are all about going out to the nations. This is still that epiphany for us uh, working itself out. Uh, and we'll come back to that. But, but this, uh, this Sunday, all the readings are talking about uh, how God has made a way for every group of people to become one group of people. So, uh, I'm going to read you a little bit of history here. Uh, well, first, I would say that people moving from one place to another uh, wasn't as normal in history as it is now. Maybe that's obvious, but what I mean is that it was incredibly risky to leave your family extended, your group of people, the knowns that you uh, were equipped to handle, to go out into some unknown and be without any of those support structures and connections and skills and just launch out there. Uh, it was very, very uh, uh, risky to do something like that. Uh, and so people didn't ask, oh, well, where should we live when we get married or anything like that. It was just, you knew what you were doing. You were going to stay with your people and you were going to do what your people did. But then that had begun to change. You know, even this country, the United States, 
where all these people came over across an ocean. Still then, very few moved states. Uh, I was looking at census data. In 1948, when people moved, you know what percent of those people moved out of the boundary of their state? 3%. 3% of the annual moves were out-of-state moves. By 1980, it was 9.7% of all moves were out-of-state. By uh, 2019, 16% were out-of-state moves. 2021, 18% out-of-state moves. So there's a, a sharp increasing going on now. Uh, guess uh, where South Carolina was in terms of the most moved to state in the nation? Third. Third. I thought first might be that was also before the most recent edition of Southern Living came out, which has on the cover a million reasons to go south now. So I think we're going to expect more of it. You know, my own John's Island, the infrastructure couldn't keep up. Uh, don't even try to go there uh, between 7 to 9 a.m. or 4 to 7 p.m. It's a waste of time. Just wait till that clears out, then you can go visit between those times. Uh, and, and some of my favorite John's Islanders... Uh, who have been there for generations, they, have, they came up with a system, a, a, a solution to the infrastructure problem. Uh, they said this, if anyone evacuates for the hurricane, they can't come back. That's <laughs> not exactly my sentiment. But you see what's going on here. All these people from all these places coming down, being here. But even more than that, in the midst of a, of a community where no one was born here, God has called up this group of people to be a congregation together. It's one of the most uniquely special things that I've ever seen in my life. But I think our readings today help us see that that's not the end of the race, that's the beginning of the race. And we're gonna see that as we look at these readings here. Here we are. And I don't think it's a series of coincidental accidents. I think God weaves a tapestry of purpose, a plan carefully laid and carried out, a venture more daring than any other, culminating in the grandest vision ever captured is what we'll look at in Revelation when we get to that. This epiphany season has been involving calling. We read about Samuel, we read about the disciples dropping their nets. When that continues, it's calling into a particular work. And that work is what we're going to examine. What is the work that they're called up and into? First, we're going to start with Abraham. I invite you to turn there in the Genesis passage. This is the beginning of the unification of tribes that we see played out all the way in Revelation, starting with Abraham. I actually read an account this week that compared Abraham's uh, saying yes to God's call, leaving his people group and venturing off into the unknown, they compared it very much to a U.S. astronaut who was said, signed up and was willing to go through what it took to be launched off of this planet and to land on the moon and to put that flag on the moon. In fact, they compared when Abraham finally uh, sets up uh, an altar at Shechem, uh, the future where the promised land will be, to that sticking that flag in the ground of the moon. Uh, imagine that, if you will. Our transient nature, we're always moving from place to place now and quickly and without much difficulty. We can't really appreciate just how big a task it was for Abraham to be obedient to the Lord's call. If you see this reading, God says, you will go, you will leave this land, and you will be a blessing to all the nations. And Abraham goes. I just finished a book called The Wager. It was about uh, a tall ship back in uh, 
uh, the 17s and 18s, where uh, the English vessel was commissioned to go around the bottom of South America between the peninsula of Antarctica in very rough seas to go intercept a Spanish uh, treasure galleon. Uh, they get shipwrecked uh, along the way, and they, uh, they're trying to survive on this coast of Patagonia, Chile. There's nothing there for them. It's, there's sleeting rain all the time. They don't know how to get any food. They, all they're eating is this rotted, salted beef out of a barrel that they've got left. But then all of a sudden, they meet uh, another group of people. They come in uh, whale-skin boats. Uh, they're called the Chono. And the Chono are shirtless, uh, while the rest of the Englishmen are freezing to death. And what they've done is they've covered themselves in wax or blubber, uh, and so that their skin can still be warmed by a fire, but it's protected against uh, rain or sleet, or even when they dive in the water and come out. Uh, they think the Englishmen are very silly wearing these wool-soaked clothing where the fire can't do them any good. Even in their boat, they put sand in the middle and they've got a fire burning even as they're in their canoes. They've, and, and when they see that the English are hungry, they dive over the side with a basket and they come up with a bunch of sea urchins. And, they, and they, the Englishmen said it's the most delicious food they've ever tasted because of how hungry they were. The Chono had no trouble surviving there. They knew that land. They knew that area. It was easy for them. And they thought the Englishmen were really foolish. Uh, the Englishmen, who thought they were bringing culture to the world, realized that they were the savages on the beach and these people were the experts. Uh, you see how uh, difficult it is to leave what you know and go to a place you don't. Uh, so, why would Abraham do anything like this? Why would he say yes? Can you imagine? I'm Go, uh, and he says, go where? And God says, well, I'm not going to tell you where yet. Imagine, imagine being that kind of obedient. Go from your country, leave your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you all curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Up till that time, the best one could hope for that your group of people did well enough. This is a totally different vision. What if all families would be blessed by the Lord through the obedience beginning with Abraham? He goes. God's call. This epiphany season, again, is about the light of Christ spreading out to the world. It's been marked by truth from the wise men to Samuel to the disciples. And following Jesus means, as we've seen, leaving what you know and your comforts, what you've come to expect, and to set off into something unknown. What will God do with us? We really don't know. And still he calls us to be obedient in the unknowing. The outcome was uncertain uh, for the wager, but the outcome is not uncertain for us and for Abraham because of the work that Jesus has done. In fact, we know this because God has given us the grace of including the end of our story in our Holy Scripture. He gave John a vision of what it will be like at the end in Revelation. So I'd like you to turn there and see uh, in your epistle reading from Revelation, verse 9. I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What you see there is that what Abraham 
was promised that he would be part of happened. All the families of the earth will be blessed. They're there in the new kingdom, washed white in, in robes, and they're praising God, claiming they have been saved and brought together a great multitude, every tribe, every nation, all peoples and languages. How has this been accomplished? The victory was assured on the cross of Christ. But we are given even the celebration after the victory. This is the, the image of the party in the winner's circle, if you will. The parade and the confetti. All are represented there. This former world of tribe versus tribe, this uncertainty about who is for us, who is against us, what their real intentions are, this protective animosity against the invader that was so much a part of how to survive in this world for so many eras and eons, all that fades away. Jesus has done something that has caused all these warring factions to drop their arms and to pick up palm branches and praise the Lord. What is it that he's done? Jesus, this descendant of Abraham's promise, in whom all nations will be blessed, he has shed his blood. And by pouring out his blood unto death, he has paid the price for all sin and all division and has given that blood to all of his followers so that their birthplace is no longer their identity. His blood is their identity, those who have been washed and made white. In our gospel reading, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This great commission comes after Jesus has died, after he has risen again, but before he goes up to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. He tells them what their task is, this group of people that he has gathered from many places. Go out, tell the good news. God has loved you through the sacrifice of Christ means that the blood that you have is a blood of identity, a blood thicker than water, as they say, that you are family members because God has adopted all of us through his sacrifice on the cross. When I went uh, to Kenya, I was asked to give a sermon, uh, and what I preached was from this passage. I preached that because Jesus has made us all one blood by his blood, I needed to come meet my brothers and sisters. So that's why I was there. You see, what God has done is taken away these dividing walls of hostility, as we read in Paul's writing. And he's made us a family. That doesn't mean we just celebrate uh, only. We still have the Abrahamic work to do, to go out into places uncomfortable so that more people can hear and know what Christ has done for them that they would find family and a hope and a future and a promise through what God has done to bless the whole world. Yes, none of us are from Grace or from Habersham initially, but here we are now, and Christ has brought us together and made us family. What will we do next? Well, let us be obedient to Jesus' command. Go. Go out and baptize. Amen.